Good morning and welcome to Sundays for Seekers. I'm Jude. And I'm Father Jay and we're really happy to have you with us again today. We're so glad that you joined us for our 11th episode. Father, can you believe we're on our 11th episode already? And it's also another live episode. So our audience, please share our video, tell your friends about it, and also comment away. We'd love to hear from you too, our fellow seekers. So we hope that you share your questions with us about our topic for today. Who do you say Jesus is? This podcast is brought to you by Smart. Live smarter for a better world. And Unilab. Alagang tunay, alagang Pilipino, Unilab yan. So, Father, how have you been? Okay, I guess like everyone else, surviving one day at a time, keeping safe and keeping sane. How about you? Same, Father. Just keeping safe and keeping sane. Um, and really looking forward to Christmas. At least there's something to look forward to. That's great, yeah. So for our episode today, Father, last week, last episode rather, we talked about Mary. So our burning question then was, what's so special about Mary? And for today, Father, the burning question, our topic for today is, who do you say Jesus is? And with that question, Father, asking you, of course, who do you say Jesus is in your life? Well, you know, that's a really important question and a very difficult one. I think if everyone tries to ask themselves this question, they will really have to deep dive into themselves, no? Um, well, like many people in the Philippines, I think I first heard of Jesus early on, no? As a kid, even before I went to a Catholic school, my sister, who wanted to be a nun, but who was a frustrated nun, taught us catechesis and was telling us all about Jesus. So I, I first heard about him as a young kid, and I went to a Catholic school, so... I learned so much about him. Uh, so, but I think the, the time when I started a real personal relationship with him was already when I was in high school. So I think it's important to clarify that when we talk about, you know, that question of who do you say Jesus is, there are two ways of answering that. The first is to enumerate all the things we know about him. Like he's from Nazareth, he's the son of Mary, and so on and so forth. But the second more important way of answering that question is how, what we know of him personally, so our personal relationship. So for me, um, the personal relationship really began in high school when I went through a special retreat over a weekend called Days to the Lord. And that's when everything I've been knowing about him, I've been learning about him, fell into place. So... To answer that question in a very short manner, I would say that Jesus is the one friend that I have who has stayed all these years and who has been guiding me in my life. So it's become a very personal response. No? And I think that's the kind of response we should aim for when we're answering that question. Now, what about you, Jude? Who do you say Jesus is? Well, for me, Father, uh, similar to you, growing up, 
even before entering school, I was exposed to the Catholic faith because of my very devout Catholic family. And I could very much remember um, being brought to Mass at 6 a.m. by my parents who serve at Mass. And I'd always be beside my dad, who's a Eucharistic minister. So as he distributes communion by the communion rail, during that time, there's still a communion rail. So I would be there. There's this little boy beside him. So that's how many um, elders in our parish, even the nuns and the priests in our parish, remember me to be that little boy who would always be beside my dad or my mom as she reads um, for mass. But growing up in the parish, after those years, I ended up serving at mass. I ended up being active in youth ministry. I'd have to admit that I did know about Jesus, as you were mentioning, but I didn't know of Jesus as much as I did want to or as much as I do now. And I would attribute that to, same with you, the retreat in high school, Days with the Lord, as well as my time with the YCLC, wherein I had the opportunity to go on silent retreats and really take a deep dive into my faith. And that was where I got to see that distinction, as you were saying, of not just knowing about Jesus, like in our CLE classes, theology classes, but more importantly, knowing of Jesus as a friend and as a brother to me. And for me, to answer that question, who do I say Jesus is? As you mentioned, Father, he's my friend and brother um, who's always there. There are times in our lives when we seemingly don't have anyone to turn to anymore, maybe late at night or very early in the morning, but I always have him, and I know that for a fact. Yeah, and, and you know, I just want to say that our intellectual knowledge of Jesus, what we know about him, is very important because it feeds into our personal knowledge of him. No? What happened to me was after, you know, I discovered our Lord and began a personal relationship with him. Of course, it had its ups and downs, right? It's not perfect, but... Um, as I was getting to know him, uh, I also got to know more about him because once you begin a personal relationship with someone, you also get curious, right? It's like, for example, you, you have a girlfriend, right? First, you know about your girlfriend and then you become friends. So you have a personal relationship. You begin to create memories with this person. No? So you really have a more personal knowledge of the person. But because you care for the person, you want to know more about the person. No? So, so what happened to me was when I joined the Jesuits, I started reading more books about our Lord, learning more about him. I took up theology, so I got to know more about him also. So I think it's important to say that our intellectual knowledge is important. Our personal knowledge is more important of our Lord, no? but to let them feed into each other. That's true, Father. And that's the... Uh big challenge actually to know about and to know of Jesus and how to balance both of these two things. Because for us, um, who are not priests like you, we did have our theology and CLE classes to feed into how we know of Jesus. But hopefully with podcasts such as these or such as this, it helps even deepen our faith and our knowledge of Jesus or knowledge about Jesus as well. So, Father, with that, with that in mind of how, well, that, the importance of knowing about and knowing of Jesus, what do you think are the main things that we should always remember when it comes to talking about Jesus or knowing about Jesus? Yeah, that's, you know, uh, 
I think there are many things we can learn about our Lord by reading the Gospels. No, uh, there we have the events of his life, and if we pay attention to the way he looks at other people, the way he treats other people, I think we will learn a lot about him. No, so remember when we were talking about the Bible? No, um, it's it's we can learn a lot from the Bible. The Bible can be a window to another world. So the Gospels serve as a window to the life of our Lord, and we can get to know more about him by watching the events in his life and watching how he treats people. If there's, there are, so there are so many things that you can say about our Lord there in the Gospel, but I think the, maybe there are two things that I would say. The first one is um, he was very close to particular types of people. And it's strange that his favorites are not the usual people that we think would be God's favorites, no? Because usually we'd say, oh, it's probably the priests, it's probably the holy people, right? But if you pay attention very closely to the way our Lord, you know, lived his public ministry, for example, he was very partial and very biased to the poor, to the sick, and especially to the sinners. That's a very... I think that's a defining quality of the Lord no? that that he he had he he could have made the choice no of being with the kings and the important people in uh, in his country no but he decided to identify himself with the least the last and the lost no and that tells you a lot about our Lord that's the kind of person he is no that that he had a very compassionate heart that his heart was really one with those who needed God's mercy the most. And, and I love that about our Lord. I love it that he is not arrogant, that he, he does not keep his distance, that he does not favor only those who are holy or great, but his heart's very close to people who need God, no? the sick, the sinners, um, and the poor. So I like that because you know that, that's why he feels close to me. Because I know that when I need him and I'm not perfect, when, I'm, when I've done something wrong or when I've fallen short of expectations, I know that he understands. That's one thing I love about our Lord, that he, he's really compassionate. No? Do you notice that in the gospel? Yeah, I, <clears throat> that's also one of my favorite things about him, Father. Just with the calling of the disciples alone, right? When he chose his disciples, we could already see the diverse profile that they had. And at the same time, of course, the many different stories of him relating with those in the margins, like Zacchaeus, the small, the short guy who had to climb the tree, and yet he still noticed him and even talked to him. And even had, dinner, even had dinner in his house, which is a taboo yeah. at the time. You're not supposed to associate with tax collectors because tax collectors were considered traitors because they were collaborating with Rome, right? So doing that in public, I mean, he actually did that in public. He invited himself to dinner to Zacchaeus's house, no? I mean, that really says something no, uh, about our Lord. So yeah, for, for me, that's one of the most endearing things about our Lord. And you see it everywhere, the way he dealt with the woman caught in adultery, the way he would touch the lepers. People were so scared of lepers. Uh, leprosy would be like, uh, I guess, COVID-19 right uh, during that time, right? Yeah. Now, if somebody tests positive, we take every precaution to keep ourselves safe, no? Leprosy also was a very scary thing at that time. So people kept away. The lepers had to, you know, like 
ring a bell or or tell people that they're passing through every time they were there so people could run away and keep away from them. But the way our Lord treated them, He not only treated them, He touched them, you know, which was a big taboo. You know? So can you imagine what difference that made you know, in the life of the leper? It's, it's you know, it, for me, that's the one thing. If there's anything else, if, if we want to forget everything else about our Lord, I think the one thing that the gospel is loud and clear about who He is, the kind of person He is, is He's really compassion personified. You know? And the other thing I think that's important is the way he dealt with his being God. We, we believe that he's God. He's the son of God. But the other striking thing about our Lord for me, which really for me may, makes me fall in love with him, is what I call his divine humility. You know? um, I think St. Paul in the second chapter of Philippians talks about kenosis which is a Greek term that means self-emptying. No? And that's the way he makes sense of what our Lord did. The incarnation, when God became human, uh, the divinity was hidden from the world. No? So when you, when, if you bump into the Lord today, you wouldn't be able to tell that he's the son of God. No? Uh, and, and he was very humble. And I think that's the other thing. Like if I were God and, I'm, and I want to save the world, I'm not sure I want to, to, do, to do it that way. You know, to become ordinary, to become um, limited, because that's what he was. No? And uh, I think I just saved the world from a distance. You know, just say a magic word, like, you know, and save the world. But no, but the reason is he wanted to be one of us. No, He wanted to identify. If, if you love someone, you want to be like that person and you want to be near that person. And that's exactly what his person means to me personally, you know, because he allowed himself to hide his divinity, to be ordinary, to be one of us. And that's the other challenge, you know. Many people, I think, do not take that seriously, you know, because our church teaches us that our Lord was totally human, but also totally divine at the same time, you know. So many people, it's, uh, you know, if you look at all the heresies or the mistakes about Jesus, it's either because people said he was only, only partially divine or only partially human. No, it has to be both, no? and it's it's hard to wrap our mind around that, and and we have our tendencies. No? we have our favorites. Like my like my tendency is to think of him as more divine than human. That's that I, I prefer that. No, it's harder for me to think of him as divine as human, completely mm -hmm. human. Because I want him to be God, right? What about you, Jude? How do you? What's your? What, if you had to make a choice, which Actually, one is your tendency? Actually, I have a question before I answer your well. I'll answer first, fine, because my my question might sway your answer to my question might sway my decision. But my tendency is to see him as more human nowadays. It's him relating with me, with us, um, and it's I guess that's where I find more consolation now, especially with how um, with how he is and he was, and how I am called to be as well. But my question, Father, related to that is. Um, one of the things that struck me was how bold and courageous Jesus was as a person in his being compassionate, in his divine humility, as you said. But is it right for us to say that this boldness and courage could have come from his being totally divine? Um, yeah, I, I would say that because, you know, there's only one person, right? There's only one person. We're talking about one person who is both totally human and totally divine. No? And what makes our Lord divine, aside from the fact that he's the son of God, 
the only indication really in the in his life was not even his power because because his, you know his miracles were few no when you think about it i mean like you know i was thinking if 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 the son of god showed up in the world every minute of his existence would be full of miracle right but that's not the case in the gospel no so you would say that in a sense, the miracles were too few because he's God, right? For me, his being divine is really shown by his exceptional closeness to the Father. He really knew the Father, no? And he was really very close to the Father. Tayo, when we feel God's presence, it's only occasional, no? Most of the time, we don't really feel it, right? But yeah. our Lord had a special, you know, sense of uh, the Father's presence in his life, so much so that he called him Abba. Abba is not just father, Abba is daddy. It's a very intimate term. That's why the Jews were shocked when he was calling him Abba. No? But um, for me, so the audacity that you're talking about, the courage of Jesus, I think, would come from that, no? the, the, this closeness to the father. And that's part of his divinity. But you know, Jude, I was thinking, let's ask our audience, what is their, what is their tendency? Do they prefer, if they had to make a choice, it has to be both, right? What would be their tendency? Would it be more to, more human or more divine? Or more divine or more human? And I suspect the answer will say something about themselves also. Because like, as you said, you, you feel that our Lord being human now is more consoling, right? It, it says something about your context. So let's invite our listeners and viewers to type in the comment what their preference is and why in one or two sentences. And we'll go back to it later. Actually, Father, you know, we've been at it for quite, well, just a very short time, but we already have a lot of comments and questions coming in. One even from um, Bing Melvin Obsioma Bart. She says, um, listening to your conversation about Jesus, I am deeply emotional. You know, we, so, we all have our own personal stories about our Lord there, eh, no? That's why, you know, our, our knowledge of our Lord should not be limited to the gospel. Remember when we said when we pray over the Bible, we're actually creating memories with God. No? So when we pray over the gospel, we're actually creating memories with the Lord. And, and those memories define our relationship with Him. No? So in our prayer, we create memories with Him, but also in our lives. No? We have experiences in our lives when our Lord felt more real than ever or closer to us than ever. I remember some crisis moments in my life when I really felt that he was very close to me. You know? uh, when I felt that I had no one else to turn to, uh, when I was scared, I was worried, I was very sad. I felt that our Lord could understand me because he went through it himself. So when I think about my personal knowledge of the Lord, when, when, I, answer, when I think of the question, who do you say I am? My answer includes those experiences, uh, so I'd really like to encourage our viewers and listeners no, to include their personal experiences of our Lord in their prayer life, but also in their personal life. No? What were the times when you really felt the Lord was present and, and active in your life? No? Or, or when the Lord intervened and did something extraordinary? That's part of your relationship and knowledge of the Lord. And that should be part of your answer to our burning question. Thank you for that, Father. So we've already we already have a lot of um, comments. Mostly, most of them are saying that Jesus is more divine to them because it 
He gives me strength in these times. We need divine intervention right now. That's actually uh, a very uh, that's a common answer. No, uh, most people tend to emphasize the divinity of Christ. They prefer that because actually most people think Jesus is a superhero with superpowers. No, but uh, but remember, our church emphasizes he is both totally divine and totally human. No, so during his earthly life. He was limited just like us. And I think many people have difficulty with that. No, They have difficulty accepting that our Lord was limited during his earthly life when the divinity was hidden. No, Because how can you be totally human if you know everything? Yeah, That's not really being human, right? So everything that counts as being human, our Lord was. He embraced everything. That's the beauty of it. Eh? it he was really so humble. He embraced everything, no? And, and I think we have to take that seriously. So if you tend to be more the type of person like myself who prefers the divinity of our Lord, I think the invitation is to balance it off and think about the humanity of our Lord also. No? And for those who are more into the humanity, it's also the other way around. Father, you were mentioning about Jesus being a superhero, how many people think of, well, have that misconception of Jesus being a superhero. And I was just thinking in the Bible, we hear about Jesus healing a lot of people or touching a lot of lives. However, it also, you mentioned a while ago as well, parang kulang. it seems that he only had a, a few miracles. So one of the questions that I have regarding that is, was he a choosy healer? In the sense that was he choosing those whom he would heal, and there were some people that he would not heal or touch. Yeah, well, I, yeah, exactly. No, uh, if if uh, you would expect more from a god, right? <laughs> you know, like everything would be fixed, right? But that wasn't his purpose, eh, no. And if you remember when he went home to Nazareth, uh, he did say that we were told by the gospel, the evangelist, no, that uh, he could not work many miracles there. And I think it goes back to our concept. I don't know if you remember the open system, no? That's the way of God. Eh? God does not insist. God does not impose. Eh? And, and Jesus, because he is the son of God, he has the same way, no? He does not impose on people, no? Uh, there are many other factors that are active in the open system. Most important of them is the person who is in need of healing, no? If the person is open, uh, then the healing process happens. No? Our Lord often says, your faith has healed you. Because in a way, what he's saying is that you've cooperated, you're open. But there were also many people whose hearts were hardened. No? They were not even aware that they needed healing. For example, the Pharisees, our Lord was offering them his message, but they were not you know, paying attention to him. They were even against him. No? So you, you could say that our Lord was choosy, but it's not as if he's choosy because he prefers you because of whatever. No, it's because people, the people who are more open, were the ones who receive healing. No, and sometimes even if people were open, they did not receive healing because, as we said, we live in an open system. There are other factors. No, our Lord healed people not just for the heck of healing. There was a purpose. They were called signs. They were meant to invite people to believe to believe in the good news. So that's why, Father. Actually, I was also thinking as you were 
answering the question. Um, one important factor is also asking for healing, right? It, he, he rarely gives unsolicited um, miracles. Usually he's being asked to do something like the wedding at Cana. Mary asked him to turn water into wine. Um, healing, healing different or with a different other miracles, there's usually somebody else or somebody asking for healing from him. And that's one of the important things to note also in the open system. That's right, out of right. his control as well, of course. Yeah. And, and uh, I you mean, know, yeah. And, and it's uh, important. Well, it's important to ask for healing because it means you're open, but it's also no guarantee. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. At the same time, he has also healed on rare occasions people who never asked him. No? One example of this, that is the one of his greatest miracles, actually, when he raised the son of a, wid um, a widow from the dead. No, uh, There was a yes. funeral procession. The widow was weeping and he just healed. He just raised the, the son to life without... Nobody thought of even asking him to raise the son from the dead, obviously, but he just did, no? And it and that's that's a good question. Why? Why do you think he did that without no without anyone asking? And we don't know, no. But in my pray when I when I prayed over that passage, one time I remember I thought, is it possible that he did this because when he saw the widow, he thought of his mother, and he knew that one day he would be killed, no. And he felt so much pity for the widow that he gave her this gift and returned her son to her. So again, that's an example of something that's unspoken, not said in the gospel. But when we pray over the gospel and try to imagine the situation, you know, our Lord becomes more real to us and we kind of get a glimpse of his heart even more. So did he do it? Is that exactly what happened? We don't know. But it's not implausible because our Lord, you know, our Lord was very compassionate. No? And it's true that he knew he, that something bad was going to happen to him. And surely he has thought of his mother. And it's not impossible that he thought of Mary when he saw the grieving widow. No? It's really, it's really such a such an interesting mystery with all of these ideas that we don't know of right now yet. But there's so many things that we could get out of it as well. And Father, there's this one question re relating to Mary and Jesus actually. Um, do we know if Jesus has other siblings from Mary or from Joseph? Okay, I, I think that question comes from the passages in the gospel where uh, the gospel writers talk about the brothers of Jesus, right? Uh, so the Protestant interpretation is that Mary had other children after Jesus. The Catholic interpretation is that he, she did not. No? So brothers is a term that's also used for cousins. And the Catholic interpretation is that these are actually cousins of our Lord. No? So, so that's, that's basically what the experts are saying. So far, they don't agree because we don't really know, right? Uh, as you know, in the Catholic Church, we have a teaching about the perpetual virginity of our Blessed Mother. No? And to be consistent with that, they're saying, of course, the virginity doesn't just refer to physical virginity. It means the whole person no but uh one interpretation of that is mary remained a virgin all her life no um but i think the more important question there is so what what's going to happen how does that make a difference in your in our faith no so I, i've asked myself 
if Jesus had brothers and sisters, I mean, actual biological brothers, what would it do to my faith in him and my devotion to Mary? And actually, my answer is nothing. It's not that important. No? I mean, I, I believe, I believe with the Catholic Church that he had no other brother or sister. But just in case he did, it doesn't really lessen or diminish my faith in him or my devotion to his mother. So I think that's the more important question. Sometimes we get lost in the nitty-gritty, yeah, diba? Actually, that's true, Father. I mean, in whatever the answer is, still he's still Jesus. He's still the Son of God. He's still totally divine, totally human at the same time. Uh, I, I, I would just like to go through some of the comments and questions because there's been a lot. Actually, um, some of them I can't even see anymore because of the live feature of Zoom. But Jude many have... the best ones because we want to give away a couple of books, right? Uh, oh. Remember the book, Pins of Light, which will come out next month. Uh, and we've. I, I want to thank the audience, by the way, for all the pre-orders. It's a lot of pre-orders. But we'd like to give away three more books today to our lucky viewers and listeners. And Jude is going to be the judge. He's going to look for the best comments and questions and we're going to pick the best, the two best ones and give away the, the free book. So keep them coming. There are a lot of questions, comments, and insights regarding our topic for today because there's really a lot to discuss regarding Jesus, especially in light of our life right now as well. Um, but Father, another question from the audience before I go through the other comments and insights um, there's this question from Cecilia. Oh, she won the book last episode, Father, if you remember. Mm. She says, non-believers say religion and Christ is for those with problems, the poor, and such. Can you comment on that? The, uh, uh, can, can you repeat that? So the, saying that religion... She's saying that non-believers say religion and Christ are for those who with problems, the poor, and such. Please comment. I agree. I agree that the religion and Christ are especially for those who have problems, the poor, the sick, the sinners, you know. Uh, so, but I want to add to that. But religion is, everyone has a religion. Eh? Everyone has an implicit religion. By, by religion, we mean our worldview that affects our decisions and actions, right? So even if you're not a subscriber to any religion, you have a religion. What is the most important thing to you? That's your religion. No? So for us believers, we say it's God. It's God's commandments. So we, we try to allow God's commandments to shape our decisions, our actions, ourselves, our lives. But even if you claim you have no religion, you're allowing whatever you consider most important to define you. Eh? For some people, it's money. For other people, it's success. No? So you have to choose, we have to choose our religions carefully, no? And I'm happy that I've chosen this religion because it challenges me to get outside of myself, to think not only of myself, not only to enrich myself or make myself, you know, glorify myself, but to help others, to serve others. And for me, that's a good basis for the, the, the direction of my life, no? Uh, that's the first thing I want to add. The second thing I want to add is, but who isn't problematic in this world, right? Who doesn't have problems in this world? We all need help and we all need, I think, our Lord. Thank you for that, Father. 
uh, that's a very nice insight, especially with everyone having problems. I think some sometimes we think maybe because of social media, especially for young people like me, um, with how we see things on social media, we feel as if we are more problematic than others or we're the only ones who have problems because all we see on social media are the good and the great and not, of course, the problems that people face. Um, a lot more comments, Father, about Jesus being who Jesus is for them. Jesus is my tatay, my kuya. He is my friend, my refuge, my comforter. And there's this one about um, he is more human. His humanity helps me go through difficulties, but knowing that he is divine gives me strength. That's a great way to balance it off, no? because precisely the humanity of our Lord makes him close to us, no? but his divinity also gives us hope. No? Uh, in fact, one, one, one description of, since, somebody, since Cecilia brought up religion, one description of Christianity is that it really balances the transcendence of God and his immanence. No? By transcendence, we mean how he's divine, how he's really always greater, but immanence means how he's so close to us. And this really intersects in Jesus of Nazareth, eh, in the incarnation, because God became human. God is both transcendent, but also immanent. No? That's why it's good to always aim to have a balance of the two. Father, in, well, because uh, our lives now um, see Jesus to be present, but not using our five senses. As we all know, as a kid, that's repeated again and again that Jesus might not be seen, felt, tasted, and all of these things. Um, but one of the places or one of the people that Jesus is very much identified with would be priests such as you, especially when you say Mass. As we know that when a priest says Mass, he takes on the person of Christ in persona Christi. But um, one question I personally have actually is, how can we reconcile seeing Christ or seeing Jesus in the person of the priest when the priest himself is not Christ-like or may not really live out Christ, of course, outside of the Mass? And when you say Christ-like, you're saying perfect and holy and all that. Is that what, you're, is that what you mean? Yes, of course. Because that, that's usually how... I, I know of people who choose the mass depending on who the priest is, right? Because, oh, I don't like that priest. He doesn't have credibility to me. Or, oh, I don't like this priest. Pangit yung homily niya. Or, oh, I don't like this priest. He's very scandalous. Diba? May mga ganun eh. And, and especially now that we're online, ang daling magbago. Diba? Unlike, dati, unlike before when you have to go to church and once you're there, medyo hassle you're going to leave and go back home or go to a different church. But now that everything's online, you can easily choose. So how do we reconcile that, Father? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I want to, maybe I can tell you uh, uh, an experience, which I think is, uh, you know, uh, might, might, might help me answer that difficult question, but very relevant question. No? I, as you know, priests, we, we also hear confessions, right? I remember the first time I heard confession. Uh, you know, as conf in confessions, we cannot say anything, so I'm not going to talk about the details. But I remember when I was, uh, after listening to the 
confession of this person. It is a very good confession. The person was very open, very humble, very honest. So it is very moving, no? But it was also very humbling for me because when I was giving this person my absolution to forgive this person the sins that have been committed, I realized that I myself am a sinner, no? And it struck me that our Lord was forgiving the sins of the sinner through another sinner. And I was so moved by God's love and power that God's power, our Lord's power, our Lord's power and mercy are so great that even if the person giving the forgiveness is a sinner, it's still given. No? So the sacraments, the church teaches, are valid regardless of the person giving the sacrament. This began with St. Augustine. St. Augustine clarified that. It's not about the priest. It's about the sacrament. No? And of course, ideally, the priest should be as holy as possible, as perfect as possible. But I'll be the first one to say that obviously we're not. And obviously, uh, you know, we're also human. We're also sinners. We're also weak. No? I think the, So I think that's an important reality to accept, that we should not put our priests on pedestals. Just like everyone else, we're trying our best to follow our Lord. We're fumbling along the way. And some of us take a fall, no? Uh, the important thing is we get up and try again, no? Uh, so don't put your priests on pedestals. Like the priests are your brothers who are also trying to follow the Lord. They've been given this audacious role of taking the person of Christ during the Mass, no? But it's, they're not doing it because they deserve it. We're not doing it because we're better than you. We're doing it because, you know, as we say among the Jesuits, we're sinners, we're sinners, but we're called. No? And as you said, no, when, when our Lord chose the first disciples, he did not pick the holiest people in Palestine. No? He did not pick the most educated people as well. No? He was always complaining about them being so slow in understanding. They were always misunderstanding him. And then when he most needed them, when he most needed them, where were they? They all deserted him, no? So the, the first disciples were far from perfect either. But that shows us exactly the power of the Lord. Eh? The parang, uh, our Lord's power is so great that even if his instruments are broken, he gets the work done. And I think that's the magic. That's the beauty of the Mass, no? That um, in spite of the person of the priest, it works, no? The graces will come. Does that help? Yes, Father. Thank you. I think that's a very good reminder that priests too are people and that they too need our prayers. That's one of the most important things that we have to always remember. As you said, we should not put priests on pedestals. And it's very affirming to hear that from a priest, actually, Father, to be honest, coming from you as well. So Benny Lu here says, actually, let us continue to pray for all our priests. Thank you. We need the prayers there all right so just to read a couple of comments because there have been a lot from may father jay is right jesus for me though is not a superhero but someone who has shown me how to live because of his own life like how he lived through betrayal and forgave the one who betrayed him as i myself went through a betrayal his example is helping me deal with this but he is divine for me because I ask him for help, for his grace, so I am able to forgive as he forgave. 
Yeah, betrayal is probably the most painful thing that our Lord went through. No? Uh, as somebody said, the only people who can betray you are the people you love. The people you don't care about don't have the power to betray you. No? And the people who betrayed our Lord were the people closest to him. No? Uh, Judas was one of his best friends. No? And for those of us who've experienced betrayal, we know what, what that is, right? And the, the best thing is, as May said, we know that our Lord understands and he knows probably how difficult it is to forgive those who betrayed us. No? So that's why the humanity of our Lord makes him very accessible. And whatever happens to us, whatever we're feeling, we can always go turn to the Lord and say, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because you don't just know this intellectually, but you went through this. And that's very powerful. That's why for me, our Lord's really a good friend because he understands what I'm going through because he's been there and he's done that. No? So, and at the same time, as May said, because he's divine, he can help me. No? He can give me the grace I need. Forgiveness, especially of people who betrayed you, it's so hard. We need all the help we can get. And our Lord is the best person to supply us with that grace. Thank you for that, Father. Another one from Ricky Hilado. Starting to swing towards seeing him as more human because of the series The Chosen. I've been hearing a lot about that series, Father. I, I hear it's a great series because it really shows the humanity of our Lord. So, you know, and, and, and as we mentioned before, when we pray over the Bible, you're actually creating a movie or a TV series in your head, right? So if you can watch things like that, uh, you know, that will really help you in your prayer also. And then some comments about what you shared um, regarding priests, Father. Good reminder, it is the sacrament, not the person. And then another one, I think some priests also get pressured when they are placed in the pedestal. We need to pray for them, especially so many of them now are sick. Also, especially today on social media, the pressure is greater. No, uh, Whereas before, your only critics are your parishioners. Now it's the whole world. No? So, I mean, I think everyone experiences that, but priests as well. No, One, one mistake and... Uh, one uh, warrior, a keyboard warrior, and you're dead. No? You're going to be forever, uh, you know, um, shamed and and uh, you know and and blamed and and whatever on social media. So it, it can it, it it there's a lot of pressure, really. All right, maybe another one from the comments, and then for. Isa Reyes, for me, I would like to think more of Jesus as divine so that I will treat him with utmost respect and gratitude. I think of him as human when I think of his sacrificial death and suffering for me. And this truth helps me as I, I undergo my own trials. That's great. Thank you, there's, Isa. There's so many great comments. So maybe what we can do, Jude, is we can go through them after and find maybe the best ones and we will give the book away to them. What do you think? Is that a good idea? Yes, Father. So we can, we'll announce the two next Sunday. We can announce it next Sunday on the Sundays for Seekers page. And then, as you mentioned, the book will be released next month, right? You said? Next month, yes, yes. Next month. There you go. Okay. So I think we've really tackled a lot about our burning question for today. Who do you say Jesus is? And from the many things that we've learned, just to summarize Father Jay's points for us today, the first is the importance of 
not not just knowing about Jesus, but knowing of Jesus, having a personal relationship with him. The second, Jesus being both totally human and totally divine. And the last, of course, most importantly as well as we started with this, the person of Jesus in the Bible as he is a very compassionate person, always being with the least, the lost, and the last. Associating with those whom society usually um, kicks aside or puts aside. And I think to sum up, I think the most important thing about our burning question of who do you say Jesus is, our answer to that should not be in words. Our answer to that should be in our lives. No? So our, the, the most eloquent answer we can give to our Lord, that question that he asks his disciples, who do you say I am, is through our lives. So I'm hoping that when my life ends and I face the Lord, he will know my answer by examining my life. No? And I hope he will like the answer. So I'd like to invite our viewers and listeners to think about that. No? So that every, every decision we make, especially the big decisions we make, that they will that it'll be an answer, a great answer to that question of who we say our Lord Jesus is. Thank you very much for that reminder, Father. Stick around. We'll have another book up for grabs after this short break. Every Sunday, Pins of Light comes up with a one-minute homily, something to provoke you into prayer and reflection. Get your weekly Sunday Gospel Fix. Follow the Pins of Light Facebook page at facebook.com slash pinsoflight. Also available in Filipino at facebook.com slash pinoylights. If you want to subscribe to Sundays for Seekers, you can find us in all the usual places where you find podcasts. Be a Sunday Seeker by joining our Facebook group, Sundays for Seekers, at facebook.com slash groups slash Sundays4S. Tell your friends about us by using the hashtag, hashtag Sundays4S. Thank you for sticking around. As we said, a while ago, we'll be giving out another book. So two books to the comments and questions a while ago, and then one more book to um, the person who will get the correct answer to this question Father Jay will ask. But before that, we would just like to thank you for all the pre-orders. The books will be released next month. And um, we've already gotten in touch with those who shared uh who won the books rather last episode so we have three more up for grabs today so father what's our question what's our quiz for today well it's not so much a quiz but i just wanted to invite our lead our listeners and viewers to ask a question about our lord no? and the most uh provocative interesting and relevant question is going to get a prize no the and of course, the price is, of course, the book, Pins of Light. No? So, so please post uh, quest your question based on the discussion today. And we will pick the most interesting question. And that's going that person is going to receive a gift, no? a, a, a signed copy of the book as well. So feel free to shoot us with your questions. So we'll also announce the winner to that next Sunday. So we you have, in case you're watching the replay... We'll be going through the questions throughout this week. And then we'll be announcing the three winners 
for the Pins of Light book next Sunday. So that's going to be October, well, October na pala. October 3. October 3 next week. And so, Father, as we always also end, we have a takeaway question for our viewers and listeners. Something to chew on and something to keep us reflecting as we go along. So what will be our takeaway question for today? Our takeaway question has to do with our Lord being divine and human at the same time. So just to ask you, some of you have already answered it, but to, to ask you to continue to think about your relationship with the Lord and uh, which which aspect of Him seems to be more prevalent in your relationship. No? Is it His humanity or is it divin- His divinity and why? So that's that's our takeaway question. So which is more prevalent? Is it His humanity or His divinity and why? So we hope to read your responses as well in the comment section and more than the responses what's more important is that you really go through that process of reflecting and thinking about it because as father jay mentioned a while ago your answers really reveal a lot about your relationship with christ your personal relationship with christ and how you get to know how you can balance out more the totally human and totally divine image of Christ in our lives. Well, Jude, that's about it for this episode, right? Yes, so that ends our 11th episode, Father. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsors who have been with us for the past 11 episodes, Smart and Unilab. And of course, thanks again to all of you who have always supported us in your own way, either by sending donations to us or telling your friends about Sundays for Seekers. And most importantly, those of you who join us during our live episodes and those who watch the the videos and listen to the podcast. Please continue to tell your friends about us. You can catch us, as we've been mentioning, in the usual places you find podcasts on YouTube and on the Pins of Light Facebook page. So we hope that more people will be Seekers just like you and us. So Jude, thanks again for a great conversation and a very special thanks to all those who have tuned in and joined us today. We hope to see you at our next live episode for Sundays for Seekers. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. And meanwhile, as we always say here, keep the faith. And keep on seeking. The Sundays for Seekers logo was designed by Jem Jemzon Tan. Our theme was composed by Marvin Ong. And this episode was produced with Glenn Lopez of Upstream Media PH. Sundays for Seekers has been brought to you by Smart, Live Smarter for a Better World and Unilab, Alagang Tunay, Alagang Pilipino, Unilab yan!